Welcome everybody. Back together again and got Dave and Pat with us again this time and some new people joining for the Sunday for the first evening. So how this works is we, we're all together in one place, albeit we're all in different places, uh, but we're all together in the spirit in one place. So we're going to spend some time worshipping, praying and chewing around uh, a word this evening where I'll share a bit and then a panel will share and then we'll, we'll open it up for wider dialogue. And it's something that uh, has, has come to my attention over the last few weeks, which is what we do when we receive words from God and what, what biblically we should do, what spiritually we should do. So we're going to look at that this evening. But first of all, let's let's worship together and, and Dave will lead us into that now. So thank you, Dave. All right. Thank you, Christine. Yeah, great opportunity to gather together to, I guess, focus on what really is important. You know, there's so many things that take us away from the direction and the focus, which is Christ. So this short time is just an opportunity really to center down on who he is, who we are in him there's a song I'm going to sing uh, if you click on your notes you'll see for all the, the words for all the songs actually on the chat here and this one is called I belong to you let's start our worship time really by affirming that, that we belong to God I belong to you of heaven your promises are true eternal is your reign everything on earth is yours to give you pleasure centered on your will I am complete. So Ron, why don't we try that first uh, section? I belong to you. I belong to you. King of heaven. Your promises are true. Eternal is your reign Everything on earth Is yours to give you pleasure Centered on your will I am complete In your my life has meaning as a child of God. Purify my words and thinking. 
in the knowledge of your love I belong to you King of heaven Your promises are true Eternal is your reign Everything on earth Is yours to give you pleasure Centered on your will I am complete In your life My life has meaning As a child of God I belong to you. I belong to you. King of heaven, your promises are true. Eternal is your reign. Everything on earth to give you pleasure centered on your will I am complete faithful one so to you again and again I call out to you again and again you are my rock in times of trouble you lift me up when I fall down all through the storm your love is the end.
Friday, um, I was uh, away with Pat um, doing a concert very near Glastonbury, and um, we popped into Glastonbury uh, just before uh, lunchtime, I think it was, uh, for a little wander around and saw all the new age stuff and all the stuff going on there. Crazy stuff. Um, but in the midst of it, I got a call from my son, one of my sons, uh, John, and um, the topic was uh, the mortgage rate and everything changing and the ups and downs and the interest rate going up and what should he do and 
all this kind of thing and the um the different offers on the table and it was a long long phone call but what was the thread running through it although you know there was all the uncertainty and there is and especially for that age group there is all that uncertainty the precious thread that was running through it was that um you could do this offer you could do that offer you could do this offer but ultimately our trust and this was mutual you know um, from my son as well is is in God and uh, he's gonna take us through take you through and uh, I was so heartened by that to, to hear that and um, you know these are days where there are challenges many real challenges but our hope just like that song says is in you alone and um, I look at my history and the way God has provided and uh, you know I know although the way is so uncertain at times he's going to see us through and you know more and more in my events I'm finding this theme of hope wanting to lift people up into seeing that God is our provider as being so important and um, this is a song we're going to sing actually uh, which takes up this theme about El Shaddai God being our provider very very foundational in our life in our experience in our trust in God Else should I Jehovah Jireh All-sufficient My provider Else should I Jehovah Jireh All-sufficient My How great you are What's the use of playing safe When there's a storehouse filled with grace How great you are How great you are Sufficient mind. 
spite of the bleak news in front of us, in spite of the feelings of uncertainty that we encounter in conversations with people, you will be and promise to be our provider. We put our trust in you, Lord. Whatever circumstance we're in right now, we put our trust in you. You're our hope. Do you want me to hand over to you or do you want me to do one more? One more, Dave, please. Okay. There's a hope that my money cannot buy. There's a hope that my As I fix my gaze on the one who saves, there's a hope that my money cannot buy. Yeah, try that with me, it's real simple. But it's true. It takes a while to live it out. I'm still learning. There's a hope that my money cannot buy there's a hope that my money cannot buy as i fix my gaze i'm the one who says there's a hope that my money cannot buy 
There's a peace that my words just can't explain It's a peace that no one can take away Though there's ups and downs When this world shouts loud There's a peace that no one can take away I've been tired and so troubled in my mind I've been tired and so troubled in my mind Drained and pressurized by the cares of life But there's a hope that my money good I, I particularly liked your testimony about your son john yeah which is relevant for today mm. Mm. i'm reminded of the scripture day where it says when the son of man comes will he find faith mm. and uh, I, i've always attributed that to the last day mm -hmm. but actually the principle for our lives 
because the Lord comes mm. and he expects us to exercise our faith, small or large, whatever, but nevertheless to implement it. Mm. So mm. that relates very good to both your testimony and to Chris, what she's going to mm. share later. Brilliant. Thank you, Dave. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Thank you, John. How about if I pray and then um, hand, hand over to mm. So, Father, we just thank you for uh, that testimony because, Lord, we want to please you with using our faith that you've given so that when you visit us, we have faith. Mm. We'll not be intimidated by uh, the economy or any other thing that seems to be bend in precariously. What we want, Father, is to please you with our faith because you are a faithful God. You are totally faithful. And we put our trust and hope in you, Lord, not in money or the economy or anything else, but in you. I pray, Father, for a clarity, your word to bring clarity today to every one of us, Lord, that you renew our hope and our faith and our understanding of the purposes of, purposes of God for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just, just listening to Dave there, and it just occurred to me that he wasn't singing worship prayers. He was declaring. Mm -hmm. He was making declarations to heaven and earth and to us and he was speaking to our spirits so our spirits would be resonating because they were declarations of faith declarations of hope and faith comes by hearing and by hearing those songs resonating in our spirit we can say yes or no we can choose to believe we can choose to say this is true this is true this is for me so, mm. so thank you dave i just mm those songs were really prophetically significant mm. of where we are now mm. so i just want to share for a few minutes something that has just come to my attention over the last few weeks i'm back traveling again all over the place i won't say where i've been because of what i'm about to share but i was surprised let's use the word surprised at going to places where there were several different churches all believing in the gifts of the spirit, all experience with strong leaders, good leaders. But I kept getting similar questions, which took me by surprise because they were questions around, what do you think of this latest prophetic word? Or, you know, there's all these words out there about this, that and the other. And almost expecting me to interpret them or to have an opinion on them. And I began to feel very uncomfortable. This is not how it works. <laughs> you, you and I have to weigh and judge and discern for ourselves. And I realized that maybe these things aren't taught anymore, or maybe they're forgotten. I don't know. But I expect you, like me, are hearing lots and lots of prophetic words in different forums. Sue and I were in a forum where we would, we would hear lots of words. There are lots of Facebook words um <laughs> car park words opinion words uh, regurgitating the press words 
all sorts of words that are floating around in the body of Christ. And we really need to have wisdom and discernment to what we hear because faith comes by hearing. Mm -hmm. Now, I heard a word or sent a word a few weeks ago, um, and I agreed with every single word in this prophetic word. Some of it, uh, it was definitely confirmation I'd heard over the last few years, almost word for word points in this prophetic word that are confirmed two or three times. So I had no question that it was a witnessing word to me. Some parts of the word I'd even prophesied two years ago, word for word. So listening to this word, because somebody had asked me to, what did I think? Doesn't matter what I think, to be honest. God's not interested in what I think about the word. He's interested in do we discern if it's a, if it's from him or not. But nevertheless, I, I listened to it. And I said, Lord, I, I don't disagree with a single thing in this word. In fact, I witnessed to it and I know that there's truth from you in this word. Why do I feel uncomfortable? It's really strange. Why do I feel uncomfortable? There's something in me that is agitating. So I prayed into it for a while. And after a couple of days, I realized that although the word was accurate in terms of it, it's confirmed, it was confirming, um, and I witnessed to the truth of it, what I was picking up was in the way this word was communicated, or maybe in the way it was received by the person who passed it on to me, instead of provoking faith, it provoked fear. And that was my uncomfortable feeling because faith comes by hearing Romans 10 17 but that faith can be in what God says or something else when we hear things and we receive them they are working in us you know faith works in us and if it's from God there's a peace even if it's a challenging word a difficult word it will have peace attached to it. You know, he is the Prince of Peace. He enables us to, to, to walk in the darkness and be light. And so there are so many words out there. I just wanted to, to just remind you, I'm sure you know this uh, very well, but I just want to remind ourselves uh, some basic truths, that he is the author and finisher of our faith that faith comes from him. And when we hear, we're meant to be people who hear continuously. You know, it says, you know, continuously pray. That doesn't mean we're on our knees with our hands together 24 seven. It means we're, we're in touch, we're in tune. We can hear the voice. We're constantly able to know our father's voice. And so when prophetic words come, yes, we might ask other people's views on them, but we have to discern for ourselves. Because at the end of the day, even if I believed a word that somebody gave to me and that person wants me to confirm it or not, they have to believe it for themselves. They have to weigh and judge for themselves. So when we believe, something changes in us. The spirit of God puts faith in us because faith comes from him. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And then we have all that we need within our spirits to live through what the faith is believing for. We will have the courage, we will have the conviction, we will have the clarity, we will have the ability to walk through whatever it is that God is saying that we have faith for, however difficult that might be. So when we believe we have all the provision that we need and the seed of faith in us can grow and fulfill its purpose and we need to water and tend it ourselves in prayer, in dialogue with God, in talking through with God. 
because prophetic words will birth something in us. And if we receive a word in fear, we've birthed fear in us. You know, that word I heard may have been absolutely accurate, but the person who received it may have received it in fear, then passed it on to me. And I pick up the spirit of fear behind it. And if I were to embrace that, I would also have fear. So we have to weigh and judge and discern by the spirit what the spirit is saying. You know, 1 John 4 says we test the spirits and we hold on to what is good. So that tells me there's other stuff going on at the same time. You know, we very rarely get a pure word from God that comes to us because we have our personality, we have our experience, we have our theology. We have all sorts of things that get in the way of us purely receiving the word from God as he intended it. And then when we pass it on to someone else, we can pass on some of that other stuff, that other spirit. It could be my own human spirit in the way that I might deliver it. The words I might use might, might be interpreted differently for someone from a different country, maybe. So we have to test the spirit behind the word or the spirits and hold on to the pure. What is of God? That means we have to go before God and weigh and judge and say, Lord, what is of you? And even if it is of God, it might not be for you. It might be for a, a different, or it might be for another time or another season. I mean, these are basic things, but I just want to, to say them out loud so we remind ourselves. So we have a culture today, I believe, and certainly in the in the spheres that we move in, where people are so willing to immediately receive a word. It's almost like you can have 50 life-changing words a year if you if you're in the right social Christian circle, you know, none of those are worth anything unless we act on them. You know, James wanted to be doers of the word and not hearers only. So if we hear a prophetic word or a word and we receive it in our hearts, we then have a responsibility. Are we going to do anything with it? We have to count the cost and pay the price of that word being fulfilled. You know, it's not fortune telling. It's not even future telling. It's life changing. Words come and we have to change and change our lifestyle or change our behaviours to align with what God is saying. The gift of prophecy and prophets are given into a corporate context. This is another thing I could talk for a long time on this, but I just want to briefly focus on this. Prophecy is meant to go into the body of Christ. It's not a detached thing hanging out there that we can just read on Facebook or just hear the latest word and, and put it on the shelf. It's always intended to go into a people context. Even in the Old Testament, it was into a people context and people then had a choice who they would serve, what they would do. It's the same today in the New Testament or New Covenant context, that words are purposeful. They come into the body of Christ with the purpose of aligning us to the will of God. His kingdom come. You know, we sing, you know, let his kingdom come. But his kingdom only comes when we do what he wants us to do. You know, it's no good praying for his kingdom to come if we're not doing what he's told us to do. You know, this is so practical. This is so simple. But I think we've created a bit of a culture where, there's loads and loads of prophetic words and they are hanging in the air and they're going nowhere because the highest heavens belong to the Lord, Psalm 115, but the earth is given into the hands of men. So however many prophetic words are released, unless they are embraced and built on by the body of Christ, they won't actually fulfill their purpose. 
So prophecy and prophets are given into a corporate context. We could call it the body or the church for the building up of the people of God. These gifts are not meant to be transactional, but transformational. We've also got a bit of a culture where we go to a, a conference and we hear a prophetic word from the platform and we say, that was a good word. Have you heard that word? And we might discuss the word. That's the transaction. I go and I get what I want. Or I might go and hear the worship and say, that was lovely worship, wasn't it? Actually, that's not the purpose of worship, that we go and have a transaction and we feel good afterwards. You know, worship is transformational. Declarations are transformational and prophetic words are transformational. They're meant to change us, always change us from where we are today to be more glorious tomorrow. You know, the Pope is saying, making this statement at the moment, which I, I find fascinating. He's saying we need a daily conversion. We need to be converted daily. And to me, that's who I am today is not who I'll be tomorrow. I'll be converted. I'll be more like him tomorrow. Glory to glory. So we're meant to be a people who are transformed by the word of God, corporately transformed, a community of interdependent people, not independent people. People who corporately can weigh and judge words, not individually, i.e. apply the word to their own context. You know, a word is might, might be in a geographical context or a, 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 a people context, young people context, a worship leader context. So God's speaking specifically. Is it for us? Is it for now? And Ephesians 4, it talks about the context within which we operate. Ephesians 4, 1 to 6, I know I keep, keep on about this, but it's the culture and context of Ephesians 4, 1 to 6 that is, is it precedes the fivefold ministries. The fivefold ministries are people gifts to, to build from the building word from heaven, from the revelation of God, the strategic revelation of God in this time and season, spoken into those people who are called, anointed, appointed to be leaders, whatever that means today. It might look different than it did 50 years ago, but apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, they're not meant to be independently operating. You know, you might have a church led by an evangelist or a church led by a pastor, or a church, but actually that's not, not the model from, from heaven. The model is that there's a team, there's an interdependence between those who've got strategic vision and authority and direction to lead the people of God. So prophecy goes into a context for a purpose, and that purpose is for building. So whenever we get a word, we should say, what does this mean? What should we do? And then we, because the highest heavens belong to the Lord and the earth is given into our hands, we have to take authority over our own lives and determine how we're going to move in line with the word from God from heaven. How to serve Christ, building on earth according to heaven's mandate, that we're a listening and responding people. And the kingdom comes when his will is done. We can all ask for the gift of prophecy. We know that, 1 Corinthians 14. We can all have it, but it's not for our own benefit. It's not that I might have a ministry. It's not that we might have a platform or sell books or CDs or whatever happens these days. It's about giving away and serving other people, building up, edifying, exalting. That means a kick up the backside and comforting people. So the Ephesians 4 gifts are people gifts and that those people gifts were given after Christ's ascension. So he left our earth and ascended to heaven and then he gave gifts 
people gifts, and we're all a people gift, every one of us is a people gift on earth for his kingdom government to operate on earth. We are the answer, not the Labour Party, the Conservative Party, whatever party you believe in. We are the government of God on earth when we do his will on earth. Then his kingdom will come on earth. So our eyes need to be fixed on, um, what do you call it, the cabinet in heaven, the trinity in heaven. Hmm. He builds according to the will of his father, and we're the people who are called to do his will on earth. That's how the kingdom comes. That's how his will is done. I just want to go read Ephesians 4, 1 to 6, which to me precedes our ability to do that, our ability to, to be the kingdom of God on earth by doing his will. And it says, unity and maturity in the body of Christ. As prisoners for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Here's the conditions. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Amen. May we be those people. So they're my thoughts. They're just my thoughts or my interpretations or whatever you might call it. I'm going to open up now to a panel so we can dialogue a bit further and then take it on with any others of you who'd like to add your contribution because the body of Christ has the mind of Christ, not just one person speaking. And the mind of Christ is how love thinks. So let's dialogue together now. So Dave and Pat and Phil and Sue and John are going to, to take it on in whatever way they want. They don't have to agree with me. Um, Brilliant teaching, Chris. Um, yeah. I think... And so necessary at this time, um, because as you say, there are so many words flying around on, on Facebook and, and all the other things. I think the um, thing that uh, I was thinking while you were speaking is about receiving a word. Um, hopefully it's given in the spirit, uh, by the spirit. And it's important, I think this is for me really, to, to receive it from uh in the spirit as well um because i know you know there are times i've i've received a word and then immediately tried to work it out and get into the flesh of striving and struggling to make this thing happen um working out my interpretation and of course all prophecy is given in uh is given in part and as you rightly said, uh, is given according to the personality of, of the giver of, of the prophecy and whatever country or culture they come from uh, or social standing they come from um, uh, affects how we, how we hear it. So for me, I think it's really important we hear things from the, the spirit and uh, let the thing marinate within us and... and um, uh, talk it through because I know I've gone down that road of receiving these words and then trying to work it out um, trying to pinpoint listen to the prophecy again and again and the magic words that that might be the ones that are really uh, down the road and I found myself down a dead end whereas other times you let it marinate within you 
you talk it through with a few people, you 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 receive it by faith, um, and implement what you see. Uh, but gradually, over time, things open out and thing things happen. And sometimes we've got a fixed idea of what a prophecy is. I mean, I I heard um, one prophet uh, come and, and speak to somebody and say. Um, I see music all over you. I see musical instruments all over you. And um, this guy was not a musician at all and came away thinking, what on earth am I? Is he hearing all this music all over me? Um, but then some years later, he found himself um, taking over a music shop and he was the, uh, the owner of the music shop. Uh, so it wasn't playing the music. It was... Um, uh, you know the prophecy was worked out in a different way so that's what i'm saying i think it's really important we re it, not only is the, the the prophecy given in the spirit but we receive it in the spirit in the same in the same way excellent that, that was a big thing that i, I was thinking while you were talking excellent mm. amen yeah when when i was listening to you uh, christine all i could think of was what on earth does she need a panel for? <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought yeah. you were excellent. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, there was a little bit of pride that came into me saying, perhaps I've had some influence in your life. <laughs> yeah. I have to repent of that immediately. No, yeah. no, it was really, really, it was excellent, yeah. Christine. Yeah. And, um, you know, we can say things around the edges. But one of the things when you asked if I'd be part of the panel that I wanted to say was there's a context. And what's the context? I mean, there are prophecies that come to you individually, perhaps even when you're alone sometimes or just with a friend or, or something. Um, but it's right what Dave says. We have to test these things within us and what you said. And, and then if, if we can't immediately see what it is, but we feel it's good, then we wait, don't we? And Christine was one that used to talk a lot about discernment and the gift of discernment. And when you look at many people, they have the gift of criticism. It's not discernment. <laughs> and um, there are various other things that can come. If you're uncomfortable, I remember being in the AA and people were talking about laughter. I've never said this before. And, and people were uncomfortable. So they were saying it's not of the Lord. Mm. And, you know, I went on to say, well, it, it could be of the Lord. And, you know, I said in, in my Bible, it talks about I will hoot like an owl. I will cry like a jackal. And I said, uh, so there is some evidence of this. And of course, in other cultures, people do cry and weep, don't they? And, and grieve and openly, whereas in our culture, perhaps we don't. So discernment, and Christine was a great discerner. And um, I, I often find myself being uncomfortable and having to think through, is my my what's happening something to do with discernment or is it actually that it's not something I want to hear, to be honest. So um, I, I, I'll just finish there because I'll give Sue and, and, and uh, Phil an opportunity, but I dug out some notes years ago, which uh, just was uh, handling prophecy in the church. And that's a context, isn't it? Or the church group, wherever the church is meeting. And that's a context. And I've got 10 points here, which I won't go through, <laughs> but some of them might be relevant tonight. And so I, I'll let others speak, and then we'll see where we go from there, because I think you did really, really well. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, you did, Chris. You did really, really well. Yeah. I want to say tell a, um, a, a brief testimony that we went to New Zealand last year, 
uh, two years ago. And Christine gave us a prophecy um, about um, when things go, the angels will go ahead of us. And when things go wrong, they're really going right. (laughs) Now, we had a choice of whether to start to look for things that were going to go wrong to uh, to be fearful to um or to or to enjoy our holiday and our trip in peace um and looking back on it we we were waiting in expect in expectation to see what god was doing um i have to say that it totally came left field when we actually did have the circumstances that uh, we needed to come home on but the way that god dealt with our return home was nothing short of miraculous. And I value the prophecy, and I value the prophecy because I knew that it came from a seasoned prophet, one who was in relationship, mm. one who uh, who would be accountable for the prophecy that she gave. Um, and um, it, was, it was just a really encouraging example, I think, mm. um, of receiving a prophecy and allowing God to work it out. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And I think one of the things that we often forget is when God said, let there be light, those words were creative. So when God speaks, the words that come into us, be it individual or corporate, are creative words. And they come, I think, as you said, Chris, they come with the energy and the purpose to be fulfilled because God spoke them. Um, So I think that's really important. And I think I always think of prophecy is that when God speaks, it's like a seed. Mm. And when the seed goes in the ground, it goes into somewhere that's dark, Mm. somewhere that's warm, and somewhere that's Mm. watered. And I think when we receive an individual word, as you say, Dave, we shouldn't rush to understand it. We should allow it to grow and develop Mm. and allow the Holy Spirit to water it so that it grows. And then Mm. it becomes part of who we are so we become the words that's been spoken to us so the word has become creative it has actually changed me it's made me different Mm -hmm. so that's sort of individual just briefly on the corporate i I love the story of the sons of issachar who knew the times and the seasons Uh, but the thing about the sons of issachar it was plural there was a group of them they Mm -hmm. were a community they were in relationship together they had shared wisdom and i think shared wisdom is strong wisdom and so i i think that when we have corporate words if they come from a community of prophets who are in relationship and have got a track record then i think we are more likely to be able to take those on and understand them and my boss always used to say to me as the last thing he said i don't want problems i want solutions and opportunities and i think of a prophecy needs to come not as a problem, but as an opportunity, something that causes me to grow and change. It empowers and releases where so often we have things that withhold us. So thank you, Chris. It was brilliant. Thank you. you. I'm not sure. Has Pat got anything to add? Pat? Yeah, I've been kind of... uh, Trying to answer phones and um, answer doors that, that were locked and then get ground. <laughs> well, I just like to say, Chris, that was brilliant. And I'm wondering if you have a trans, if you can transcribe it, if you can. I'd love a copy of it, you know, written out. Yeah, that would yep. be brilliant. 
Um, I'm sorry I've missed quite a lot of stuff, but um, I liked um, some, well, I liked everything that you said, but things that came to me were that um, the whole thing is a, is a process of our relationship with God, and it's so great that we have our relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you talked about a cabinet in heaven, and but we also have a cabinet here inside of us all the time. Mm. And um, that's just so wonderful. And I, I've just been learning more and more about realizing about how much the Holy Spirit, God, the Father and Jesus is within me. And um, when you talk, when we, we learned earlier about uh, we, the prophecy, I've forgotten your name, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the lady that, Sue, Sue yeah, and all the things, and, and you spoke about fear as well, Christine, that had been brought prophecy. And one thing that I've been learning more and more about is being able to um, ask the peace of God to rise up in me and to realize that the Prince of Peace is within me all the time. And to have that moment, I mean, it's some every time that something comes and it might be something that I don't understand or I'm listening and something in the news or whatever, and it, it kind of hits you, doesn't it? And you can start to make you worried and bring fear in. And I can just say, peace of God just rise up in me. And I don't have to do it. I don't have to make myself peaceful. And it, his peace just comes. And that is just so beautiful. And I, and I think for all of us who know Jesus, who know the Lord, if we can teach others about how to live in peace, because I believe more and more we can, we, it is possible to live in peace all the time. And I'm, you know, 100 years away from that at the moment, but more and more um, just by practicing his peace and asking his peace to rise up in me, especially during these times. Um, I found that he's always there and he always does it. Mm. So um, that's my little contribution Thank you for <laughs> this evening. Yeah. God can always build on peace, but he can't build on fear. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah, very good. True. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, John, last yeah. question before we open up. Yes. I, I mean, there's so much in there, isn't there? And it is a really big subject. And some of the things that I have on my list are to do with how we function together, really, when we're a body, whether it's a, a front room or... Uh, and that we look to one another with respect to see how we're responding. Who is it that's giving the prophecy? What's their character like? What spirit are they giving it in? Does it produce manipulation or does it produce a sense of excitement or interest? Or even, well, we really need to think this through kind of thing. We're not sure. Uh, discerning it together you know there there's a lot in there and i think that's incredibly important but we seem to have honed in on something to do with fear and i don't want to dwell on that but that's something i wrestle with at times but also my dear friend in india who is in far uh, just a very quick little story he sent me a message i'd love to read it to you but um his wife had a, a, a knee replacement operation and they're very worried about it because it's gone wrong. That's a short story. Mm. If, if it is the worst case scenario, she could lose a leg. And the very worst case scenario is it could kill her. Fear can come in. In this note, 
Ian starts off by writing that one student was passing the window of their house and she was rubbing her arms and shaking and 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 the next minute one of the other students came in and said mama she's on the floor Alid is on the floor and uh, immediately Jess Ian's wife with a bad knee went out and she went to touch um Alid and uh, the student said, don't touch mama. This is cause a problem. Don't worry. This is cause a problem. Don't touch. But he, she reached out and said, do you want me to pray for you? And this girl said, yes. So she prayed. She was immediately delivered and immediately calm. And then she came in the house and she said, I don't want my ancestors to take over. I want Jesus to take over. Now, that happened to a second girl on the same day. It often happens, apparently. And this girl did not want prayer because the ancestors were going to give her the power to heal. So she didn't want the prayer. Now, there's two cases there where Jess was ready to move in. But here they are with this news. And I'm trying to respond to this. And Ian said, we're not afraid of these demon things that are going on, but we are scared about this issue that we have with with Jess mm -hmm. and he said I'm crying while I'm actually writing this because we may if she has to go into hospital it could be weeks it could cost thousands of pounds and it's very very difficult isn't it and we have to find an answer to respond to people's fears mm. and um, I know Chris and some others helped me the other week when they came to see me and and, and fear does exist, and it's very real. And sometimes when it hits right at the heart of your loved one, of your situation, mm. then it can cause fear. And it's true what you say, Pat. We, we, the peace of God is the answer. Mm. And that's something I continually pray for. Mm. But equally, it is also the knowledge that when we hear something that may be difficult, and, you know, we do sometimes hear words of the Lord that can bring conviction um, not condemnation, but conviction. No. And that can be, a, a, you know, a bit of a, a, a difficult thing to cope with. Mm -hmm. And we need to learn how to lean mm. on Jesus. Mm. And Sharon brought a lovely word in our little group tonight, uh, or this afternoon when we were meeting and we were talking. And um, she brought it from the Son of Solomon. She said, who is this that is coming out from the wilderness, leaning on her mm. beloved? Mm. And she began to weep herself. And... We, we have to learn, don't we, in these situations, how to lean, not only on one another and help one another, but to lean on, on Jesus and mm. find that peace mm. that can deal with that situation. Mm. So these are very real things. Mm. And I, I think, I suppose, with all that I've been through over recent months, it is very easy to share a, a scripture or share something that, you know, all things work together with good. I'd like to say that a thousand times. But when your wife's dying yeah. and your prayers aren't answered, the only thing I had to fall back on was all things work together for good. And that's what gave me peace in the end. It's a big subject. Yeah. And I'm probably going off tack a little, but there are times when prophetic words will come which bring conviction or bring a measure of judgment, but they need to come in mercy. When Jesus prophesied judgment over Jerusalem, he wept, he wept. Other people sometimes come in with that wrong attitude, don't you? Thou art an awful lot and I will wipe thee off the face of the earth. You know, that's we can ignore that, can't we, straight away. Mm. But we need a spirit of, of gentleness and kindness and love, even 
when that difficult word is coming. So I've gone on a bit there. I'm sorry about that. But I think that's a very important thing. Peace and fear is what brought that out. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, John. And, and yes, what I'm saying now is the fruit of John's sowing in <laughs> my life, in our life for the last 50 years, believe it or not. It's actually wow. it's been Thank, you. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you. You've modelled uh, honesty. I think one of the things um, being with John over the years, and I'm sure Dave and Pat will is he never shied away from the reality. Never, he wasn't mm. super spiritual, pretending things were all okay when they weren't. Yeah. But actually, you know, being honest and transparent yeah. about where he was at, and uh, Christine the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. So we can carry on the dialogue in groups. We'll just have 15 minutes because we've, we've spent more time, but, you know, that's what the Holy Spirit was doing. We're going to ask Sue Sinclair, before we go into breakout groups, just to, to pray, particularly around being in peace and being in faith. And Are you okay to do that, Sue? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll just read the scripture, if that's okay. It is what I'm really carrying. Um, 2 Timothy 1, verses 1 to 4. And I feel it is a key for every one of us, really. Um, I urge then, first of all, petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, mm. for kings, and all those in authority. Why? That we may live peaceful mm. and quiet lives in mm. all godliness and holiness. This is good. Amen. And mm. pleases God, our Saviour, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Amen. What a key. So, Father, we um, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth and your spirit. And we pray, Lord God, that you would empower us afresh with your word and with your spirit to align ourselves in this season in faith mm -hmm. with all that you have for us that not one opportunity will be lost in the days ahead mm -hmm. that we would be full of peace carriers mm -hmm. of hope mm -hmm. into a world that is fearful and worried about how they're going to pay the bills or worrying about the health or um, just one thing or another. Lord, we, we just thank you that you are faithful. Lord, we can all look back and say you are faithful because you've always been faithful. And we just thank you uh, for Chris and John and everyone on this call. And I pray a real blessing over each one as we go into the groups in jesus name amen amen thank you everyone and thank you for those online